Hello and welcome to Take Me Through Your Day. On this episode, I have no idea what to tell you. you you're probably going to learn something. I don't know what it is, but it, it's something. It's part two of Bill Bailey. Great guy, known the guy for 20 years. He's, he's an amazing person. I just don't have any idea of what direction this went. But it's fun and it's educational and you'll learn something. You stick through it, you stick around, you could skip around, no big deal. This is also pre-pandemic. We're just trying to get rid of all these pre-pandemic episodes. But, uh, you know, enjoy it. And if, if, if you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can reach us at the new email, uh, interviews, interviews at takemetyd.com. Enjoy it. I mean, just like it, it, it's fun. I, I can't tell you cohesively what this episode is about, but it's, it's something. Enjoy. So what everyone's already heard is, I think this was on the day you were meeting up with some people to get some of this started. Well, the last time we met? Yeah, I'm trying to remember who it would have been. Because that was a year ago now. Almost. It was It was almost a year ago, yeah. It was, it was yeah, I was probably meeting with somebody, uh, probably an organization that I've been working with uh, over, over the years, uh, working closely with. But um, yeah, so, but in essence, the... Um, the company that I have, you know, other than the DJ, is, is called D-Well and Associates. And what we do is we help raise money for charities and nonprofits. And how we do that is we do that through well, several ways. But one of the ways is um, utilizing direct sales companies. Uh, and that was the like with the utility companies and stuff like that? Right. Okay, right. so we got we got a little bit of that going. So okay. we have some of that explained already. Sure. So let's let's just take it back to a real simple spot. Like if you were somewhere and you were telling someone what you like uh, at a party, what yeah. you do. And you didn't want to say DJ. You wanted to, you wanted to put D-Well out there. Mm-hmm. What do you say that you do? I say almost exactly what I just said. It's I said, the whole spiel. There's no shorter version. Well, though, like, I just, I just, what I usually just say is, I, to kind of pick curiosity a lot of times. It's, I say I have another company, D Well. If I'm talking about outside the DJs, yeah, yeah, yeah that's have, a peak interest. So I say, uh, yeah, I have a company called D Well Associates, and what we do is we help raise money for uh, charities and nonprofits. Uh, okay, and I just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, that's enough to intrigue. And then uh, and, and sometimes I'll ask, well, how do you do that? Well, and I go into a little bit more detail. Okay. But, um, yeah, I say that, that we help raise money for charities and nonprofits. And now when I when I approach companies, because this may have been, I'm not sure if this is what we, uh, if I discussed this in the last. Yeah, I, I wish I had re-listened to it last night. I have the, I have the beats in my head, but I don't have Sure, so. sure, sure. But, yeah. Um, when I'm, in fact, I just did this last night. When I reach out to companies, so I reach out to companies to, and what, what I say to them is we can provide services that can either generate revenues or save them money or a combination of both to companies. Um, can you give me an example of a company? Like, you don't have to say a name, but like. No, like, so for what well, right now, I'm right, right now, I'm, um, I'm reaching out to uh, the parent company for um, uh, the, the parent company for Bocelli Pizza. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Um, they, they're actually a holding company, so they actually own several brands. But mm-hmm. Vocelli is their largest. Yeah. Um, I'm off. I'm reaching out to them to offer one of the things is the energy services, so we can um, save their franchisees, let's say, uh, costs on their energy bills. Yeah. Fact, uh, well, now back a little bit. I actually have done this with a couple of. Um, my first client with this, utilizing this energy service that I have. And by the way, this is something that's kind of new since the last time we talked. Okay. I've actually become a bro- energy broker through this other company called Energy CX. And um, they offer, um, the way it works basically is that I gather a, a utility bill from a company. Yeah. And they take it from me. I hand it over to them. They put it out to their five plus utility companies that they work with. And they bid to see who's going to provide the best rate. Okay. And then when they come back with whoever come back with the best rate, they come back to me. Well, we have a fee that's uh, attached to that, but it's almost it's always lower than what they're paying. Yeah. And so then, um, then we come back to them. We show them what what this, what this is what they're paying now. Here's what your new rate would be, and when it starts. Oh, this is great. And then they sign up, you know, for it. And we get paid. And then we, we donate at least 10% of what we earn to charities and nonprofits. So we've done this with a with a, um, with a country club so far. Uh, we've done this with a, with a smaller pizza chain than the Coachella. But we're, we're in the process of that one. That one's going to close probably in the next uh, few days. And then um, and now we're reaching out to different other ones. Like I'm reaching out to a, 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 a senior care uh Nonprofit organization. Um, I'm also reaching out to, uh, uh, like I said, the Vichelli Parent Company and some other ones as well. Well, if we back up just a little bit, sure. how does one get started down this road? This seems like a very specific avenue. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that happened because I was actually. Um, well, I've been involved with direct sales companies like the energy company I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Mel I mentioned now I'm listening to the last thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 you heard it recently. Oh, that's right, Mel So Mel is another direct sales company. I've been involved with companies like those for, for, for years. Um, back in 2006, um, I mean, let me back up a little bit before that. In 2004, I one of the things that I wanted to do is to utilize those direct sales companies to, and it could be self-serving, I guess, but in a way is to help provide some of the services, product and services that these direct companies, uh, direct sales companies provide to nonprofits because it could be set up in a way where we could set up, let's say, for example, a, a, a let's say a church, a nonprofit, um, and let's say uh, the one of the utility companies, Ambient Energy. We could set up where the church is the beneficiary, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, the church would be the actual client, if you want to call it that, probably the best way to describe it. And then the parishioners can switch over their utilities to Ambient, okay? Um, they would pay their utility bills like they always do. They would get a little bit lower rate. But as a result of them switching over and the way we set it up is that the church would get a part of that revenue. So it would be a, a, it would be a fundraising activity for them without them having to spend more money to do it. 
Now, do they get the lower rate because they're all bundled together? Like, it's a large group? No, nope. well, it's not because of that. It's because Ambit offers lower rates just in general. Okay, so now this is the direct sales company? Yes. It's handling these utility, um, I guess, being like a middleman, kind of? Yeah, well, so Ambit is, you know, they're, the way that they're really the energy uh, sector breaks out is that there's three components. There is power generation. Then they have the owner of the equipment of that that, that transmits the the, um, the power, yeah. and then you have the marketing and um, well, how do you buy and sell the, the power. And is that all under the umbrella of the utility company? Uh, it used to be okay. until it became deregulated. In other words, in in, in in the United States, it's not deregulated in every state, but in about I think. Uh, Twenty plus states now, they deregulate. In other words, what they're saying, what they what they've said in essence is that it was a it was a monopolistic activity. They had they owned the power generation, they owned the power transmission, and they owned the selling of the power. Yeah. And and twenty of these, well, the federal government said you can't own all three anymore. Yeah. So you have to give up one of those. Yeah. So what most power companies did. Is they, they, they owned, they kept the ownership of the power generation, they kept the ownership of the transmission lines and everything, and the maintenance of that. They gave up the, the selling of the power. And then that, that, that gave rise to um, okay. these other companies that were allowed to step in and to be able to market and sell the power once it's been generated and so on and so forth. Is there a lot of those companies that stepped in? Oh, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of them now. <laughs> well, give me a ballpark. Is it, you know, five or ten or is it 20 or 30? No, 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 we're talking hundreds of companies now, oh, okay. probably. probably well, well, dozens. Okay, let's let's in, in, in this state or all around? In, in all around because you could be since since if you, if you live in a deregulated state for the, in the power situation you can the power the company didn't have to be in Pennsylvania yeah. it, it can be anywhere they can they can originate from anywhere in fact Ambit is based out of Texas oh okay wow so um, <laughs> you know and then there uh, 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 you know all these different companies once you're in a deregulated situation the, the company who sells the power can be from anywhere. Okay. okay, as long as you're in a deregulated state, they, they allow you to, um, you know, and, and the way you, you may want to think about it and, and on, on a consumer level, you know, there, let's say you want to buy a Pepsi, okay? Um, Pepsi company, PepsiCo, or uh, I guess Yum Brands, more specifically. Yeah, Yum Brands. Um, um, they um, own the facility that manufactures Pepsi. Okay, so they manufacture the bottle of Pepsi. Then they train. They they actually ship the bottles of Pepsi to the stores. But the stores are the ones that actually sell the Pepsi to the yeah. consumer. And and that prices can vary. You go to Giant Eagle and or the Get Go price of the Pepsi or one price. You go to Walmart, the same big exact bottle of Pepsi, different, different price. price. Yeah. Okay, that's the way, and that's the power generation works. Okay. You know, where you can the same power is coming, is doing the same thing in your home, but depending on where you get it from, the price can vary. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I had no idea okay. how any of this stuff works. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what it's for. It's sure, just to explain all this stuff. And, and that's one of the things that. Um, 
one of the things that we have to learn how to ex- explain in a way that makes a lot of sense. Because when you're talking to other, when you're talking to folks that are trying to run a nonprofit or you're trying to run a company, they're busy doing that. They don't, the last thing they have to do is try to learn something new that makes that maybe that doesn't make much sense to them off the bat. Yeah. So you try to put it in terms that that they, they can relate to right off the bat. Okay, so now that we have a really good explanation of that, that I think everyone can understand, right. where do you fall into this uh, in your personal like endeavors? Like, what are you doing directly mm-hmm. in this process? Okay, so I got started. Let me start where yeah, I started. Yeah, let's see how you got started. Yeah, I'm sorry. So when I was in that, now that was the direct sales part of it, and I wanted to hook it up with um, direct uh, nonprofit organizations. Number one, it would help the nonprofits. Number two, it would actually generate more customers for for my me for me. Yeah, and you're and just putting the two groups together. Makes sense. It makes sense. They just they were they were these two things that existed. They weren't talking to each other, and I was going to introduce them. Yes. Yes. And uh, so then, and then in 2006, um, it just turns turns out that uh, I was elected president of the local chapter of a national nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. I was at one of their meetings, really, and to talk about maybe hooking up them with one of the direct sales companies. And the, the president at the time was 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 not gonna run for reelection. And I was there for I was I was there, that was my second or third meeting that I'd been there. And they 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 kinda and they knew me by the way. I knew these people. Yeah. Um <laughs> they go, Well how about you want, you want to be president? <laughs> um you know I'm thinking, well I've never been president of anything before, really, but <laughs> what the hell? I'll give it a shot. Do it yeah. once, right? Yeah, why not? And so, uh, like I said, it was a national organization, the local chapter of a national. I'm like, I've never. They said, don't worry, we'll help you along. I'm like, okay. You know, so they, they literally, the next the next meeting, they, they nominated me. I was unopposed <laughs> because my apparently I think come find out what is this job is what happened and I didn't know so sure I'll do it you know and then so they elected me and then I became president it was a two year term yeah so in 2006 and then then I had to learn how to be president of a nonprofit. And uh, so I'm learning this process. I'm learning about, you know, parliamentary procedures and all this other kind of stuff that goes along with it. And part of the part of our responsibility as my responsibility as president is I have to organize a fundraiser. Yeah. To for the we were required by by our byline bylaws to have to hold a fundraiser every year. Just one. Uh, just one big one. Yeah, no, it's still a lot of responsibility. Yeah. I'm just saying, just, just yeah. one. Yeah, we can have other farmers in the morning in the meantime, but we're supposed to have at least one big one. Yeah. And I'm like, in a way, that's my nightmare scenario <laughs> for me. Because in our last conversation, I said one of the things that I hated was administrative work. Yeah. And now I got to organize a daggone, uh, you know, uh, fundraiser. And so I, we were able to, and I had help, of course. I had a staff and so on and so forth. They and they had a committee that they helped put together, and I did my thing. But I learned firsthand how difficult it is yeah. to do a fundraiser because number one, you got to put out a lots of money mm-hmm. up front, yeah, and just to get it going, just to get it going, and then you had to hope that enough people show up yeah. to this thing that you recoup the money you spent in the first place and then make something on top of that and that's what you make that's your fundraiser yeah 
And when I when I learned that process, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> I mean, and but that's it, it's done all the time. Yeah. And and knowing what I knew about the direct sales and everything else, I said, this is gonna be easy when I sell this one because to sell the idea because going back to the church example. You don't have to do anything except if you're already paying your yourself or your, your utility bill. They can do this for some, with cell phones too, by the way. Yeah, with a you know different company, but all they're going to do is continue what they're doing. They're already doing this. We're just setting it up with some of that money that doesn't go all to the company. Some get redirected to you to your church or whatever your nonprofit. This is easy. Yeah, I think the analogy you said earlier, just introducing two people, it's, it seems that easy. And then. In theory. In theory. In theory. Yeah. Now, here comes in practice. Yeah, yeah. When you start reaching out to different uh, organizations and, you know, and, and, and even companies, um, they, if, many times, unless they are either already familiar with the process, I'm, and I'm describing, um, or they open-minded up front. Um, they tend uh, not to listen to you. <laughs> they tend to not, or they, they may take a meeting with you or not. Or but uh, and if they do take a meeting with you, they may be doing it because they're being, especially with your you with a nonprofit, because they're trying to be nice. Yeah. You know, nonprofits don't want to be like that. Yeah, they're just being mean to anybody. Yeah. But. Um, when you go, when you sit down with them, uh, I can tell you many stories where well, a couple of stories. The one I'll tell you, we'll, we'll share this one real quick. A couple of years ago, I reached out to um, uh, the parent, uh, uh, the the, the, the uh, convenience store chain, Coco's. We actually, I mean, me, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy where I'll talk to anybody. I don't care who you think you are, you yeah. know. So I actually found out where the parent company of that, you know, of Kogos was. Apparently, um, Kogos is a division of, at least it was back then, a division of Colty on Dairy. I had no idea. Yes, Kogos. That's Coltion. It's Kogos. Now, Co is the Coltion. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that until I found the place, and and they have the they have the biggest uh, in in city limits dairy. I think maybe in the country. It's it's off of uh, Brownsville Road. Uh, that's where the dairy is for Coltion. And I found it, and uh, I went there, and I walked in. It's funny. It was the weirdest. When you walk into the office, it was truly a uh, almost a mom and pop. You walk in, the, the core was from like the 1970s. It was kind of cool, actually. And uh, but I, I walk in several different times, and the door was unlocked, but nobody was in there. Like the, the receptionist was gone, the door was unlocked. And you didn't call. You just no. You just walked in. Okay, good. I like I, it. I like the way. I like. The way I, like I like. I like to. I like springing on sometimes. That way, they can't. They, they can't. You know, they can't tell me no on the phone. They can't tell me no to my face. Yeah, you can't hang up on me in person. Oh, I, people get bold. You know, they can hold a hang up on. No. You know, but if you uh, walk in and I say, "That's what I did," I finally got somebody. I said, "You know, who do I talk to?" And it turns out it was the grandson of the founder. Really? Of Coltion, who actually was running the place at that point. He comes out and he and he speaks to me and 
he sits me down. I sit down with him, and he goes, okay, I need to talk to this guy. So he sat me down with this other guy. I try to explain it to him. And like I said, that, that thing that kicks in, if he thinks, you know, I, even when I start to explain it to him, he thinks when he gets to a point where he thinks he understands it, oh, I get what you said. This one, no, it's not that at all. And then, so this, this guy came back to me and said, no, I guess he got a guy said, I wouldn't deal with this guy, me. I wouldn't deal with him. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that at the time, so I came back. <laughs> and, uh, Finally, the guy finally said, you know, uh, here's where you need to go. The, the, the division that runs Kogos is actually way out in, in, uh, in the South Hills area, past, way past Century, uh, Century 3, um, South Hills Village. Um, it was actually Mount Lebanon. That's where the uh, headquarters for Kogos was. Thank you. And I get in my car and I go straight down to wherever that's. And it was, in the, it was literally almost an hour drive from where they were to where they had to go. Yeah. So I went down there and, you know, started that whole process over again. I walk in, who I talk to here, you know, that deal. Finally got, got to sit down with a, um, one of the vice presidents there. Long story short is that I finally got a chance to present my the plan we had. Yeah. And they said, finally, after literally months, this is actually, now this is going on, this happened uh, like October 2016, and then the whole process took almost a year. Yeah. But finally, they said, okay. <laughs> they, they gave me their utility bills, which is what I was asking for. Yeah. So I can analyze them for them. This is, with the, this is, this is before the energy see it. This is with um, um, Ambit Energy. Before you just, just so I don't forget, when you go in and you present them with this idea, do you have any materials or you just just for just going off the top tip, of your head? Initially, no, no materials. Okay. It's just me. Yeah, and I'm only just asking this because all I really want to do is to set up the, uh, who do I talk to, and when can we set up a time we can talk? I'll bring materials at that point. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but you know, sometimes I'm out of my car. You know. Yeah. People, so, um, so you get the utility bill. I get all the utility it. bills. They, they literally send the email. Okay, they email me. They email me hundreds of bills because they have uh, fifty plus locations, yeah. and I asked for all of them. <laughs> so they send me all of them, and I said, "Great." Now what do I do? So I took the bills. I hand over to the my, my person uh, above me, uh, my manager in, in Ambit. I said, uh, they just hand me all those bills. Can you help me analyze these things? They said, yeah. So they went and they printed them out and they analyzed them. The long story short of it was after we analyzed them and applied all the things that we could apply, we were going to save them something like $22,000 a year yeah. on their utilities. I was excited as all hell. I was like, yeah, you get to deliver the news. And I get that. Then I go back finally. So I go back, after we get the, the results back, I call them back. We sit at the meeting. I, I sit down with them. I said, this is what we have. This is what you currently have. This is what we can do for you. This is the savings you're going to get with us. Um, and they were like, oh, this is great. This is great. We, you, when can we get started? I said, we can get started as soon as you want to. Oh, this is great. Well, now our, 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 our CEO told us we had to meet with some other person uh, before we actually finalize a deal. We don't know why we, this is what they're telling me. We don't know why we can do this, but they're telling us we have to do this. Yeah. But we can't see we're not going with you guys. Oh, okay, great. And then I walk out of the corner, you know, <laughs> walking with a little, I'm whistling, I'm whistling, you know, you know, 
macho man as I walk out the door or whatever. And uh, and then about a, maybe a, a three or three or four days later, I get an email back from them thanking me for my service. Oh, here we go. Thanking me for my service, but you're not. They're going to go with the other guy. I couldn't believe it. I'm like. No, I, I guess it's possible that I got whoever they said that would give a better deal than I was able to come up with. But they, I can't imagine. When you were, I sold you, thank you, twenty two thousand dollars. You could. It was, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was just heartbreaking. But, it, but I learned stuff. Yeah, you learn stuff in that. Well, that I imagine just in this scenario, there's a lot of skepticism with. I mean, a big company or just a small little church or something. It's like walking up to someone and saying, hey, you want some free money? You're like, what are you talking about? That's, what, like, it, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, So the, the wheels are turning. They're like, what's what's the deal? Like, this guy's just showing up to my place and, and saying I'm going to save $22,000 a year? Yeah. So that's the, our biggest challenge, and that's one of the things we had to incorporate in what we do when we talk to folks. We have There has to be an education component to well, that's what I mean. Like, how do you handle that skepticism? So, how do you put everyone at ease? One of the great ways to do it is kind of way I did with you, is where I, I, I put it in a way, in a scenario that makes sense to them yeah. at a level that is almost intuitive. They get it. And, um, and then as long as you can speak their language, they're willing to listen. That's one of the things you have to learn, how to speak their language. Because, I mean, I understand business, but I don't always speak the language of business. Yeah. And... Uh, so when you go in there and um, and uh, you know say the things that they need to say, or you just say them so that you get their attention. Now, once you got their attention, explain it to them. And if you're talking about business, especially larger businesses, they 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 understand numbers. Yeah. So you speak in numbers, which I'm fine with because I'm a numbers I'm a numbers guy. I like numbers. So if I show them what they have, what they could have. Uh, you know, at least, or at least, before I even show them the numbers, show them how we do it, and then the, add the component on. And by the way, you'd be helping out or children somewhere in the world. You know, you know, yeah. along that, they go okay. But and then, and since we don't charge for the service, you know, they really don't have a, you know, a reason not to at least take a look to see what we can do for them. You know, yeah. so I mean, I'm in talks right now with I, I told you about um, parent company for Fruit Jelly. We reached out to uh, Eaton Park. That's the other organization we come to. We're looking at. Um, Giant Eagle is another one. Um, so we look at, and, and then um, some other ones like there's some property management companies that um, that we've come across that we want to talk to. Um, yeah. I imagine if you get in with property management, then you're going to get all kinds of new avenues to exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's it. So, but that's just a matter of um, sitting down with the right people yeah. and. Um, but that time, that many times is the very hardest thing is getting to the person that uh, car dealerships. Another, that's another avenue we can go to. In fact, I did this with a different uh, direct sales company, but we were to put together a plan with this direct with this car dealership that they were going to. If, were, if, if they would have uh, in this one, the way that this, uh, this scenario was, this direct sales company offered a um, like a membership type thing similar to. The, you, are you familiar with um, Rakuten? Are you familiar with Rakuten? No, it, if you see the commercials, there's, there's commercials on TV about it now. Where you, you, you sign up and then 
you go to you, you go to the Rakuten portal online, and then that takes you to all these different companies that you can shop from that you would normally shop from. Yeah. And but when you shop through the Rakuten portal, you get some kind of a, a discount or cash back deal. Yeah. And it typically ranges from anywhere from maybe a half percent all the way down to um all the way up to like, you know, fifteen, twenty percent or whatever. Yeah. Um there's a direct sales company that has a, something similar to that. Um but in addition to in addition to the savings you get, you get to get paid. Well I I came up uh I devised this I did utilize this program um because there's a there's a fee um, to do it through this company called uh, Team National. But the fee is kind of steep for, for individuals. I mean, what, for, what are we talking steep? Steep, in other words. So, you, in essence, you're, what you're doing is you're, when you do it through Team National, any direct sales company you, you work with, there's going to be some kind of a uh, a, a startup fee to, to get started. Yeah. And the way I describe it to folks is that you're really what you're really doing in essence is you're, is you're buying a franchise it's a micro franchise it's really small but it's a franchise and, and by definition a franchise is <clears throat> a company that's put together a system uh, a proven system that is that system that's proven to work and make money and you're buying that blueprint you're giving them like this is a franchise like this yeah or the Panera now. right now yeah, for the list Panera Bread Panera Bread Baker Square anyway so anyway <laughs> so <clears throat> So, you know, these have a, you can, you can, if you had the money, you could walk in or go over to Project Corporate and say, I want to buy one of your franchises. And then it's the cookie cutter. Yeah. Same thing with the, with the direct sales companies. It's just that it's on the micro level and it's home-based. Yeah. By the way, I did, I did copyright the term, uh, or trademark the term, home-based micro franchising. <laughs> All right. We own that one. So, anyway. <laughs> so, um but yeah, so in this case with with Team National, the franchising called I call it the franchising fee is it, it ranges anywhere from well the actual franchise is usually like fifty bucks to be honest. With you. But well, give me like the, the difference, like the individual versus the like yeah the okay so yeah, just, franchise. yeah so the, the pricing was simply this: if you wanted to simply uh, market the. The, if you wanted to be a marketer of Team National, the membership program that I was describing, um, you had to pay only like I think it's a fifty, it's fifty bucks. That was the franchise fee for that. But if you wanted to actually purchase the, the, the membership, it's a membership type of thing. Yeah, they have two membership levels. There's the, the two year membership level, and then there's a lifetime membership level. Yeah. Two year membership level was seven hundred ninety five dollars for two years. For two years, okay. and then the lifetime membership was um um eleven ninety five. Eleven ninety five for for a lifetime. I mean, is that what it was? Wait, what do you think? It's a long step. I've actually I had the well, lifetime. Just ballpark. I had the long, I had the lifetime membership, but so and and then you could you could you could pay it up front. You can finance it if you want to. Blah, 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 blah. But 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 the, but the benefits is that you get the same things you get like at Rakuten. If anybody knows what Rakuten is, you see that plus all these other different benefits that go along with it. Like you can get discounts on buying cars. You can get discounts on on you know all these different things. You can get half off if you're gonna if you let's you're, let's say you're about to buy a new home or you want to renovate your home. You can get half off of everything. 
I mean, me off every furniture, the supplies, and, and all kinds of stuff. So those are the two levels you can you can purchase. So you 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 can make a decent amount of money selling those memberships, but you know, seven ninety five is kind of steep for a lot of folks, even for two years. Yeah. So the idea I came up with was that, well, what if you sold it with, what if you sold that 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 seven ninety five for the or or the uh, uh, other twenty one ninety five? That's what it is. Um, if you sold the twenty one ninety five or no seven ninety five, what if you sold that with a car? Wrap that cost into something else you're going to buy already. So, so that it. number looks a lot yeah, I mean, less. Yeah, because it's already you're going to buy the car anyway, and the and the company says or the car dealer says, and with you when you buy this car, you get this nice membership with it. I said, well, we could do it that way. So I started reaching out to different car dealerships. I got to the point where this one dealership. I was able to sit down with them. Well, of course, same thing. I walk in. Ooh, who's the manager? You know? <laughs> and uh, and I was able to sit down with them, walk them through what it was, how it worked, what was the benefit for them, how we would actually benefit uh, by helping charities and nonprofits. Because I was working with yeah. <clears throat> different charities and nonprofits, how much money they would generate not only for their company but for these nonprofits. It made a lot of sense to this guy, and he's like. Okay, this is great. And he started talking, well, this could be a problem, but then he started working with me. Well, this, I can see a problem here, but we can actually do this to figure it out. I said, that's a great idea. I didn't want to do that. You know, and, uh, and then we started working together, and then it got to the point, and this is another, another year process, but it got to the point where we were, it looks like we were about to do it. Mm-hmm. And, but one of the biggest mistakes that, uh, these, these management, let's say management has to go to ownership to describe this thing. Yeah. Uh, that's what happened here. They went and tried to, to explain this, process, this program. Now, he described it the way he understood it. I wasn't there. Yeah. Which means that the first question he got that he couldn't answer, uh, they go, well, nah, we, we don't see why this makes any sense to us. Meanwhile, it does make sense because this guy who actually was a GM thought it made sense, but they didn't see it that way. So they came back to me and goes, you know what? Uh, I still have the management and they, I mean, our ownership, and they said they're not interested. Why, why, why you call me? Why, you, I was supposed to be there. You could have, oh my God. Because here's the thing. That deal right there was going to generate on the low ball end. I actually low balled this so badly, and I did that on purpose because what I wanted to happen was I, I promised this number, and it turned out to be way more than that. You over, yeah. Then you blow their minds. Then you guys think I think I'm they think I'm the coming up everything, you know. But the number that that the number I gave them that was the low ball figure was three point two million dollars they're going to earn. Because of this, three point two million, and the thing is, we would have earned something similar to that because we're the ones that set it up. Yeah. So of course, just like with the Google situation, I'm walking out. <laughs> yes, sir. I got that. I'm just, you know, they they, they call it the, the multiplication dance. It's, it's it's a term they use when you're in sales. You know, you think you got it all figured out. All of a sudden, you in your mind, you're a multi billionaire. You know, walking out the door, but. Uh, but yeah, that was a situation where we were going to literally generate millions of dollars of revenue. Because I, what I did is I used their numbers. I said, if you were use this program that we're proposing on your last year's numbers, this is the revenue you would have generated. And that number was 3.2 million. And uh, 
I said, well, if we do this this year, blah, 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 blah. And, but that one fell through as well. But, but that's uh, going to be super frustrating. That it, the one thing that, that screwed that whole deal up was you didn't get to sell it yourself. You had some guy who kind of knew what, what it was trying to sell it to the higher ups. I think, I think what it happens is that they don't, it doesn't occur to them to ask me to be there. I think what it boils down to. Because yeah. in other words, they think they get it, which they probably do. So they got it. If they get it enough, they want to do it. Yeah. And I guess they think that it's simple enough to, well, it's kind of like where I was when I first started this. Oh, this should be easy to describe. You know, this is easy to explain. Yeah. But when you're trying to describe to somebody that has no clue what you're talking about, you're starting from zero with these folks with a concept that they have never actually experienced their dealt with before. And you're, you're actually getting them to, to do something because this case, in this case, you're going to spend money to do it, to get it up and running at least. If, they, if it's outside, of, if they think it's too much of a hassle and blah, 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 or too uh, weird to them, they'll just, nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly. And so you got to get really good at learning how to become as, as basic and as straightforward and as succinct as possible. You know, what, one of the things they don't want to, you, you should be able to sit down. If you're sitting, I'm from, you're sitting across from me and I am the guy trying to, you're the owner. I'm the, I'm the guy trying to convince you to do what I'm asking you. I should be able to sell you on the idea, at least get you to understand the idea within five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Because if, if it gets it's longer than that, then yeah. you're already out mentally. Right. Right. Because I'm going to go, and then if you look at chart 7.25, you know, yeah, you can lose out. it. Yeah. But, but if I get you, if I get you peaked in five minutes and then now you, you can ask me questions Yeah. and I can answer <laughs> questions on that. Because then even when I was trying to put together my business plan, for example, for my company. And I was at one of these, I was at Pitt at, at their business school for the small SBA type of thing. And I was trying to explain to them what we did. That's how I came up with it. That spawned the idea of the micro franchising idea because I was trying to describe direct sales to them. And so what you're saying is that, you know, yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. What the hell are you listening to? You know, it was, I was so frustrated just trying to explain the concept. I was being clear. Don't get me wrong. I was being clear what I'm saying. But the problem was they were looking at this from a traditional standpoint. So the, the bottle that I was coming out of my mouth wasn't, it was a square of, yeah. Peg coming in, yeah. trying to get into a round hole with the head in her head. Yeah. And then finally, I said, you know what? I remember. I, I, I think I almost blurted it out. It's kind of like a franchise. And once I said franchise, they got that. Yeah. And they go, you mean like a franchise? And then I'm like, oh, they got that. Yeah, franchise. That's what this is. It is a and that's how. Speaking the language. That's when I realized is that I am selling the exact same thing. All I did was throw in the word franchise, and they send, they got now they get it. Yeah, and that's when I said, okay, well, it's home based, it's small, home based micro franchising, and then when you talk to other organizations like that, that they're already painting the picture in their head. Exactly. Already. You don't have when you say those words, they get it, and you don't have to try to explain it anymore. They get that. So and, and so, 
But I remember one of the things that I said in, the, in our last conversation, one of the questions you asked me is, what, what is the one of the best pieces of advice that you ever gotten? And I remember answering, don't give up. Do not give up. Because don't quit. Because you don't, whatever didn't work out this time. You take what you learned from that, apply it to the next time. And uh, literally, it, oh, and I got to tell you, what's going, I didn't get a chance to tell you what, what's actually happening now um, in addition to the nonprofit thing. So, um, when you're ready for that, I'll, I'll tell you about that. But yeah, let's get it because I know you got a hard out. Oh, yeah, I got a hard out. So sure, sure, sure. Because I got some, I got some new fun questions here. Oh, okay, sure. Then. At the end, but so. When I, one of the things that, that so I, you know, I have, uh, uh, you know, all, one of the micro franchisees that I, I have several micro franchises that are connected to my company now. The energy company, the uh, Team National, that's another, that, that, that uh, savings, uh, you know, company. Um, I have a financial services company that I have, a, you know, and I'm licensed with. Um, I'm looking into doing uh, a, a work, getting with a, a micro franchise company that deals with, you know, you know, internet, uh, cell phone service, and everything else. So everything that you can do, you can generate revenues from. Yeah. Anyway, so we were, uh, almost a year ago, we were uh, down uh, through our financial services company. We were down at, at a job fair at uh, at. Um, Point Park University. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we were there, we were talking back and forth, and it turns out that one of the things that we, are, we offer to do, we do these, you know, financial education seminars. Um, somebody from the Hill District YMCA was there and said, we were looking, we were looking to do something like this for our community. So we, we started talking back and forth. We set up a meeting with them, and we sat down with the guy that would be in charge of this. And, you know, this is great. This is a, we, we teach people how money works, how investing works, and all the different things, and so on and so forth. This is great. So then, all right, now, may, this may have been my fault, because I started getting ahead of myself, maybe in, in, in their minds, but it, it, uh, it, it turns out that we started talking about all these other things we could do to help generate more money for the community because it's about community wealth building yeah. and things we can, we can reach out to companies to help participate in this whole thing. And once I started talking like that, I think I lost the guy. And then he, sure enough, you know, uh, a couple months later, he's kind of said, you know, you know, thanks for reaching out to us, but it looked like what you're doing is something that we're interested in doing. Wait a minute, what the hell just happened? What I was doing exactly what they want to do, but I got ahead of myself. Yeah. And so they cut it off. So I said, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Here we go again. <laughs> so um, I said, okay, let me go ahead. I'm, I am not going to let this go. So I was going to, how do I get back in here with this? Well, something that happened like a month later, uh, that happened, that was in February of last year. About a month later, um, the shop and save in Hill District closed down. Yeah. And when that happened, it created, it actually returned the Hill District to something called a food desert. Are you familiar with what a food desert is? Yeah. So for, for you 
<laughs> for the fans listening right now, yeah. if you don't know, if, yeah, if you don't know, a food desert is when you don't have a place to go to shop that has you know fresh fruits and vegetables, and you don't have access to that. If if you if it's within and I think city limits, if you don't have one within a mile and a half or two mile radius of where you live. Or in the rural areas, like more than three to four or five miles. Yeah, but it's a proper grocery store, not just like a corner store. It's that not a corner store. It's not a. It's not a dollar store. It's not a gas yeah. station. That it's not a convenience store. It's a grocery store yeah. that actually has fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Because there's all kinds of health issues where there's no grocery store in that area. There's a lot of health issues because they're not getting they're getting proper food. That just closed. The shopping center just closed, and the organization that was helping fund all that just went under and I started thinking well we need to do something about that and so I started thinking about well, what if we were able to so one of the things I wanted to do is to help with the direct sales thing was to you know how you walk into a Walmart or even like even John Eagles now um, and you walk in but in the front of the stores I have all kinds of other different things especially in Walmart there's a McDonald's a lot of times or a Subway yeah. there's a haircutting place there's a bank yeah. and a giant eagle there's at least a bank in them now yeah. um, I started thinking well what if I put a direct sales company as one of those storefronts in the beginning at the front of a Walmart yeah. you know crap you're already coming through there anyway yeah, you're already we, there. Why, why not set up a situation where you can come in there switch over your utilities let's say and we can get paid for it so that was the idea that I started having about that then I started thinking well what if we now that the grocery store just opened that space is just emptied out what if you get another grocery store in there and then put one of my direct sales companies in there right up front you know I'm, and so I started making a lot of sense so I'm thinking well how do, how do they do that and I started looking into well what if it was a, a co-op I said okay so co-op by the way co-op means it's generally it's community owned or, or it could be not it could be community owned at least owned by like the employees and the employees it could be owned by the public it could be owned by you know the uh, the business uh, the people that um you know, a, a group of businesses can own a co-op. Yeah. So, for example, so but it, but it's it's not it's, it's shared shared ownership. Well, what if you put a co-op in there? And I'm thinking, okay. So I started researching that. Yeah. It turns out that co-ops can take anywhere from three to ten years to get up and running. Oh wow. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> and I want to wait three to ten years. You know. So I'm thinking, okay. Well, I'm familiar with franchises. Giant Eagle franchises their stores. Yeah. Why not see if we can get a franchise? Because that was, by the way, what what was in there was a franchise. It was a yeah, shop shop say, But it was just wasn't a good fit. There was all kinds of problems, apparently. But what if it was a co-op-owned franchise? Okay. And I said, wait a minute. What if a co-op was formed? And then that co-op organization bought a Chinese Eagle franchise. Then you have a brand name store that everybody knows. Not like, you know, like there's East End Food Co-op, but that's been around since 1971. So everybody knows that one, but it's still a dinker of a store. Yeah, it's just a little guy. It's just a little, little thing. Everybody knows Giant Eagle. Mm -hmm. You would literally have a community-owned Giant Eagle in that community if you did it as a franchise. And if you, you know, if you organize it that way. So I said, oh, I'm getting excited again. So I'm like, okay. So I'm looking around. I'm going, who can help put this together? I reached out. I found this organization called Food uh, FCI, Food Cooperative Initiative. Um, Food Cooperative Initiative. 
uh, I reached out to them and I, and I called the guy, I called the executive director, and I said, uh, I would have walked in on him, but he was in Minnesota, so I couldn't, couldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. You know, yeah. Pick up a drive to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'll be back in a few days, honey, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I called him up and I introduced myself and told him what I was trying to do. I said, is it possible for a co-op to own a franchise? Because, by the way, what this company, this organization does is they help get co-ops up and running. And they've done over 100 of these across the country. That's what this organization has done. Yes. When I called him, I said, can a co-op own a franchise? He said, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me the question before. And I said, okay, well, then, you know, I explained to him. I said, does that make sense? He goes, my first blush is, yes, you can do that. He said that probably the, the biggest hurdle would be, would the company, would the parent company be willing to sell a franchise to a co-op organization? As opposed to just... As an individual, an individual. Or, a, or a holding company or yeah. whatever. Yeah. That would be your challenge. Okay, let me call you back. <laughs> and I got on the phone. I started calling up different people. So I ended up talking to uh, uh, a councilman, state reps. I already knew a state senator and, and one of our congressmen. They're all on board with the idea. Um, then I started reaching out to different organizations that are you know, in the Mon Valley that have not just in the Hill District, but in the Mon Valley, there's a, several co uh, several food deserts going on. Then it started kind of growing beyond what I originally planned. I thought about just the Hill District. Well, apparently, now it's grown to the Mon Valley in the Hill District. Okay. So, um, and then I said, well, wait a minute. If we can do a grocery store that way, what about something? What about other companies? Can we own? Can we own a restaurant? Co-op owned restaurant that you can have in a community that so that community owns a restaurant. So now you can have a community owned grocery store, community owned restaurant, and the idea is that that revenue comes back into the community. That's the point. Yeah. You know, instead of a corporation, instead of all the money going, it's like the direct sales model, where all of a sudden all the money comes going directly back to the corporation. That money is now distributed to. The it's people. All, all in the community. In the it's community. All, it's helping itself. And then you take that, then now you can recirculate that money that way. You start now generating real community wealth that way. Yeah. So now, only, not only that, well, I reached that back out to my guys at, at Ocelli, of Ocelli Pizza. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a meeting with them back on the 19th of uh, December with one of the, with the Hill District. It's called the Hills Community, De the Hill Community Development Corporation. We had a meeting with them to uh, talk about this idea. Uh, and that kind of went beyond what I thought, too, because the Hill CDC, they started asking questions of the parent company. Can we own one of these as well? How much is this? I'm like, no, no, let me stay back. No, you guys keep talking. You know, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I set the meeting up. I got to talking to each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now they want to set up another meeting, which well, I'll be there for, to talk about, well, if we're going to do this, where will we put uh, a Vocelli store? Because they also own, they also own like a yogurt, sincere yogurt. They yeah. own those as well. Said, well what if we put a huge, you know, now we're talking about community owned. These so now we're going to use that, we're going to reach out with that model to Eden Park. They don't, I don't think none that, I don't think they franchise, but we're going to ask them, which you're willing to. They don't franchise? Not that I, no, they don't. Because I went into, I walked in. Yeah. <laughs> their corporation, their headquarters is in the waterfront. Yeah. And I walked in and, and I asked the receptionist there, I said, is all the Eden Parks, because uh, they actually own Eden Park, they own the, um, what is that called? Um, 
that the newer salad yeah that, place. they own that I forget the name of it. yeah they they, they own that there's um, a few of those there's, there's several of those they own a few other brands um i asked them are these all corporate owned entities they go yeah the, the company owns all of it so what i would say to them is would you consider would you consider creating a franchise model for the, for the purpose of selling it to a community so that they could, you know, I mean, take it to PR, I think, and that's the idea really with Jack Neagle. And um, uh, so we're going to approach it with, with that as well. But this, when I started doing, reaching out to the, about this community-owned grocery store, community-owned restaurants, I got pointed to this guy, this um, community um C, uh, CDS, Community Development South. They were the organization that was responsible for, for building the uh, Brentwood Brentwood Plaza, which is the big giant eagle off of Brentwood. Yeah. Um, and they were now running in Clareton, running this big nonprofit, not big at all. I mean, it was a small dinker of a nonprofit grocery store, literally the size of an apartment. But they had a few. You know, um, fresh fruit and vegetable selections. The place literally there's no in an apartment. Yeah. And some of their offerings were they actually went to, to Walmart, bought some cereal, let's say, and then put it in their store and marked it up a little bit. Yeah. But it was a, it's a nonprofit entity. And I explained what I was trying to do. This guy got me in. He, he thought he liked the idea. He he got me in touch with like five other different organizations. And um, as a result of that, um, we're going to be meeting sometime at the end of this month in the offices of uh, Senator Brewster, State Senator Brewster's office, to discuss about getting a micro franchise, Giant Eagle, of a running several of them in the Mon Valley. So, uh, and, and it all, and it still doesn't even count, you know, of course. Once the John Eagles are there, one of those direct sales companies going to have to go in the front. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know. So, but the thing is, kind of one thing led to the other, and every time I, every time something kind of went haywire, I learned something. I learned something from them, and it also and it led to something even bigger that I had to understand yeah. to make it work. And then that with that one kind of went under because now we're at a point where. This model, and by the way, here's another great thing about this. The, the model that I started envisioning of this whole thing with the Giant Eagle and everything else, that we, we shouldn't have, oh, because one of the things I did, I reached out to the, there's a, uh, in the Hill District, there's a um, uh, credit union. Yeah. And yeah, the one up, it was up by the shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, instead of having a um, bank in there, in, in, in the uh, Giant Eagle, in the Hill District. Why not put that credit union in there? Because number one, yeah. the credit union, by the way, credit unions are co-ops mm-hmm. by definition. Yeah. So you're going to have a co-op in a co-op in essence. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they have some advantage because they can, they can actually help people that are unbanked become, have, get, get bank accounts because credit unions have different criteria in order, in order to become a credit union member. You just have to, many times, just live in the area. That qualifies you for a bank account. Yeah. Instead of going, going to PNC or, or anybody else where they have, if you have a problem, whatever, or you have a history of whatever, they won't open an account for you. But they, so a credit union, so we can put a credit union in there. What if we put 
other services in there, like, um, you know, like according to direct sales company in there. But also, what if you put in other things like um, um, the credit union? Uh, what if you put in services that will help people get access to benefits that they're entitled to, but they're not getting, they're not utilizing? Yeah. Put that service in there and in the store because they're going to be in the store anyway. You know, what I think they, that's just a great thing to have in any community. People they, just don't know what the. What, why not just put that in there, right? Yeah. And and then um, what about um, you know putting something like at the pharmacy? Obviously, you can have that in there. Um, and then I was doing research on that. It turns out this very model that I'm talking about already exists in Philadelphia. Hey. There is a company. It, it's a it, they're a holding company. They they own. Um, they own um, 10 or 11 grocery stores. It was a quick shop or there's something, I forget, it was, but it's a full-size grocery store like John Eagle. They own like 11 of them. And they put them all in like food desert situations. And they did exactly what I just described. <laughs> they have a, they have a, uh, they have a credit union in there. They have uh, a pharmacy in there. They have an office that gives you access, that gives you, uh, that teaches you. If you have, um, you know, if you have benefits that you're entitled to but you don't get, there's an office there, like a, like a, like a, like a social worker type office there. Yeah. They even have an office in there. They partner with one of the hospitals there, I guess. It's like, it's like in, in essence, a, 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 medic, a, a medic clinic. Yeah. You walk in, if you don't even really have insurance or not, you can get treated for the basics that you would normally go to like an emergency room for. Yeah. They treat those for 20 bucks. Hey, right there. I'm like, and I'm now I'm like, this is great. Oh my God. I even, so I don't even, I don't know. I don't even have to describe this anymore. I mean, I'll describe it. And anybody that's skeptic, you know, they go, well, I don't know, this will work. Well, really? And I just pull up the, uh, well, here, and they have videos and everything. Watch this five-minute video. <laughs> and then the guy who owns this, this holding company that does this has a whole video talking about how they did it. I'm like, we can do this here with Giant Eagle. And, and then, by the way, that idea, in a way, was born out of a thing going, going, that's going on in Cleveland called the uh, Evergreen Initiative, Evergreen Co-op Initiative. And that was based on a model out of Spain called Mondragon and that's the largest co-op in the world. Mondragon it started in the 50s by some priests I mean like some Catholic priests or Catholic yeah priests but it's grown to um, hundreds of companies they employ like 80,000 people-ish they do like over 20 plus billion in revenue and they own their own bank they own their own university. They own all these different, you know, companies that manufacture. They manufacture things like car parts for, 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 for automobiles. They all, they manufacture like commercial and, and residential uh, washing machines and all these different things. They're, they're, Mondragon is the seventh largest corporation in Spain. Wow. And they took that model and it's all owned. They're all co-opted. They're owned by the employees. And the people that live there, they took that model and replicated it here in Cleveland, where they're doing something where they they because in Cleveland what they did is they they created a um, a uh, solar panel company, they created a commercial laundry uh, service, and they also created a um, the largest 
in city uh, in an urban area uh, uh, greenhouse, um, and the way they the way they're able to support all that is through doing business with the local nonprofits and hospitals. They're their main clients, and they use those because nonprofits don't usually pull up and move out. Yeah, or universities. They're they're going to be there, and they did. They had to buy over a billion dollars worth of stuff anyway a year. So they created these okay. these 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 co-ops to sell them those things they're going to buy anyway. Yeah, and that's kind of the model we're utilizing. The point being over here, you, you've, you've climbed up so far that now you can see all this other stuff happening, and then they're, they're basically I'm gonna say they did the work for you, but it's like now well, they did do the work for you. Here's the model. And here's the, the thing that is so amazing about this, to me at least, is that how is it that they're not talking to each other? Yeah, how that was it, that was going to be my next question. It's, how it's, is that possible? This is exact. This is happening. This is going on. You guys are right next to each other. So don't bother to say it's like neighbors. Never, never. You don't know who your neighbor is. Yeah. How do you? Do so I'm, I'm apparently I'm the welcome wagon. I'm the guy who can come by, introduce everybody to everybody else, show them how they can be working together to make what they're doing a lot better if they do it together as opposed to doing it separately. And then we can generate. And by the way, um, I started looking into you know the idea of uh, of of, of uh, like the co-op idea. Then you started finding when you do searches on co-ops, you know Google is very and, and Wikipedia especially. They're really good at showing you other co-ops. Yeah. When you do in the algorithm. Here's something that really got me really, really excited. When I started talking about the giant eagle idea and uh, the idea of um, uh, putting one of our direct sales companies or whatever in there. Yeah. Um, and then putting a, like, a, like a credit union in there. Um, just recently, but in the last two years, if you go, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but if you're if you go down McKnight um, in the in the uh, Builder Square, Chinese up there on that hill, or if you go to the Giant Eagle on Route Eight, that, that big Giant Eagle on Route Eight. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you noticed or not, but in the last couple of years, you go into those places, or even if you just drive by them, you see the Giant Eagle sign. But you also see an Ace Hardware sign. Hmm, I haven't noticed that. Go go to one of them today. Or yeah. At some point, yeah. you're gonna walk in, and the one the one in McKnight, they 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 took over space next to the Giant Eagle, and they and they opened up. Um, and what they did was they opened up an Ace Hardware, and it's connected to the Giant Eagle. You know what? I think the one out in Apollo did something. Yes, like there's one in Apollo. Yeah, I've been in that one. Yes. There's, and it's the same thing. Apparently, Giant Eagle did this with like six six locations. But the same concept. Exactly. You go in there, most of it is Giant Eagle, but a huge chunk of it now is Ace Hardware. Yeah. And you can use your, you know, advantage dollars and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, well, here's the thing. Ace Hardware is a co-op. I did not know that. Me neither. <laughs> I didn't know that until I was doing my research and then I was looking at uh, co-ops and Ace Hardware comes up. Ace Hardware is organized as a as co-op. <laughs> this is great. I mean, so that's it's also great news because they're they're already working partnered with, with. so they they know the deal. They know the routine. What that one like I said, one like I said at the beginning of this whole thing, my biggest problem was trying to get people to understand the concept. To understand the idea behind what I'm trying to talk about. Giant Eagle already partners with 
a co-op. <laughs> they already have one in their stores. And we're just talking about doing it in a little different way, where, and it is how, and it will be, I mean, I, 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 this, this thing writes itself. Imagine the PR you would get by having a community-owned giant eagle in areas where no other store would go into. Yes. And you could be the guys that say, you know, it's just, it writes itself. I mean, just correct. And, um, but the thing is that now, it allows people to own the resources that generates revenues in the communities. And that's what's not happening, but it could be. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm telling you, it's, I think I may have, I've, I've described this to other people uh, about how I, I see this whole situation. It's almost like this has actually happened to me before. This is when I was DJing at the Killer Cowboy. Yeah. Um, I was coming in to do my shift. I, I got out of my car. I looked down as I get out of the car. I looked down. There's a hundred dollar bill on the on the ground. I'm like, you know, I'm looking left, and looking right, you know, to see if anybody's around. I'm like, how did nobody see this? I, I it was it was raining, so I pick it up, kind of shake it off a little bit. I put it in my car, let it dry off while I'm, well, I'm in the Tequila Cowboy. By the time I came out of my shift, five six hours later, it was dry. <laughs> I got so my point is, is that I see the opportunity that. Uh, I see this opportunity of bringing all this stuff to communities that need it and presenting an opportunity to generate new revenues that didn't exist for these companies as a $100 bill. It, it's sitting right there. Yeah. Nobody, everybody's walking past it for some reason. What, what the hell you guys, okay? I look, okay, I'll pick it up. You know, you know? <laughs> And that's why I, I, I kind of see this. I kind of see this as um, that we can generate this almost all that is already in place. You know, it's like there's an old, there's an old, um, there's the thing where scientists, rocket scientists, were trying to figure out uh, how to get pens to write in zero gravity upside down in space. You know, so they put their best engineers on there with the high beam and everything else. Somebody come up and say, "Won't you use a pencil?" <laughs> you know. So it's sometimes, right there. It's sometimes the solution is staring you right in the face, and you're just too involved, you're wrapped up in what you're thinking, you're trying to do, and to, just to make it simple, these things already exist. Just get together, and and we can we can make this work. Well, just like last time, <laughs> you leave me in a position where I have to get an update from you <laughs> in, a, in a while, maybe another year. I don't know. I will be happy. This to is, I think this is a brilliant idea, and I think more places should uh, adopt stuff like this. Well, we're, this the co op thing in general. We're, we're going to see what happens because I think we're going to be able to. Um, I think we're going to be able to replicate this as a model that can go anywhere in the United States. Yeah. Because once the model exists, it's just a matter of now moving it over to a different area. That's the other thing. You mentioned that these other places are doing this and they're not communicating with each other. I think if you put it into a package where you're just like... Here you go. Yeah. You just have the package yeah. and you can have your own. Yeah. And we have the support. And if you have a question, just give us a call. What happens when you do Oh, we've done it before. Here's what you do with that. You know. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, that's its own thing. Yeah. And everybody wins. 
it just makes and now because one of the things that have um and it's just it's an alternative to what's been because you know one of the things that i've been learning as i've been going through this journey you know capitalism is a go get into the capitalism thing real quick but um capitalism people talk about capitalism is gracing the world since that's hit the world since you know sliced bread um but there are benefits, obviously, to capitalism. It has created a lot of wealth in the world and so on and so forth. But all at the same time, it also has created a lot of, you know, there, that, there's that, there's that um, wealth gap that's, that's been created. Yeah. And that is, a, that is a side effect of capitalism, the way it is now, at least, the way capitalism is now. Um, but there's a way, and, and, and I've been watching this guy, he's a professor, Richard Wolff. He's a professor at uh, whatever. He's hard, you know. He's Ivy League educated, but he's a he's a guy that talks about you know questions the model of capitalism that exists today. And he basically he says that we can do better than this because literally the model we use capitalism, you know, every four on average every four to seven years it crashes. Every, there's a recession. Now we're we're in a, a weird situation where it's been a decade so far since the last crash we had. But the last crash almost cra- crashed the world. Yeah. And so there, he's saying that there are ways to do different things uh, that we don't have to have the cycle of crash and so on and so forth. What and was his name again? Richard Wolf. Um, he has a he has a, a YouTube channel, a Democracy at Work. Okay. Um, and, and he puts out these things on a regular basis. Um, in fact, I reached out to his organization. I called him. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> called him and said, you know, we're looking to do some things here. And then I had a meeting with one of their people at the, or at, at Democracy at Work, and I, I shared with him what I shared with you. You know, I find I, everybody that I've shared this, what I shared with you, this is a great idea. This is great. And it just amazed me. How the hell did nobody think of this before? It almost, it, it truly, I may have said this before somewhere along the line, but it's almost like this idea, I couldn't be the very first one to think of this. Yeah. And maybe maybe I am. I guess somebody has to be first. There's also a lot of people that don't have any follow through. And like, hey, would that be cool? And then they go to sleep. <laughs> that would be great if, uh, that would be great if they ever, okay, can't pass me a little slice of pizza, please, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably more accurate. That whatever is that even if this idea had been thought of it has been followed up on and it's that idea of don't quit because I, I, I kind of get pissed off when it when it doesn't work the way I thought it's going to I'm like oh yeah <laughs> you know I'll see who will see the last lap here and, and sure enough and he just moved on and, but like I said it's just stuff this stuff is actually in existence and whenever I talk to especially the nonprofit guys and, and the, the companies they say this is great this is great now they're starting to figure out ways to do this and you know I don't know I don't know who I call about making statues of yourself <laughs> I'm sure there's a guy I was a guy somewhere I to figure you know me not to be standing like this or looking over the horizon or something I don't know Okay, no, I'm not. Let's play. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, it, it, but the idea though is it, that you could do something that could literally change how the world works. 
in a way. Yeah. At least it works better. Well, I, I just think the idea of a community getting together. I just think with cell phones and the internet and everything like that, like nobody's nobody's getting together. There's no what was the last time you were at a block party? I don't know. <laughs> nobody's hanging out with their neighbors. And that's so that's so funny. I saw I saw something it was a it was a comedy thing on YouTube where it was a a, a son got his, his dad uh like a, an iPad. Right, and uh, he's like, "Son, thank you so much." And he comes back a day or two later. Dad was using the iPad as a chopping board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, he, I mean, that's what made sense to him. It, it, it works that way. I guess it works that way. But yeah. you know, not realizing what he had his hands on. Yeah, and that's the another one. Like one more quick story, and I have to. I know you have to go. I have to, I have to go too. What time is it? What time is it? We're all right. We're we're okay. getting there, but we got some. some okay, time. we got a little time. I've been right before I kind of embarked on this idea of uh, the the the, the, uh, um, the co-ops and everything else. Um, I, I I got hooked on YouTube. Yeah. Um, from my my cousin, my wife's cousin, more specifically, and I started looking at all these things. I came across this channel, and the one this one of the, one of the episodes was these companies that blew it. Yeah, they were huge companies, and a, an idea came across their, their their path, and they they passed on it or they poo pooed it, and now the, the idea that they passed on is now a huge company, and they themselves are either gone or really significantly reduced. One of those stories was um, when they talked about how. For example, Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Uh, then, they, of course, they had, um, back in the early days, they had Excite as a search engine, Excite search engine. Mm -hmm. They had a chance to buy Google. Uh, or Yahoo did. Yahoo had a, buy, a chance to buy, you know, Google. Yeah. Didn't do it. We know how that turned out. So... The the big the story the the, the, the the part of this of this episode that took up the most time was how you know Windows the operating system yeah. Windows in fact how all operating systems work now they use you know they use pictures they use you know apps and you know icons and so on and so forth because before when when computers started really first started out especially home computers you had to be a programmer to make these things work you had to know how to program yeah i remember working in dos it was, yeah it was DOS. insane it sucked right it was awesome it was absolutely it sucked so unless until you learn how to actually type in your own code to make your computer do anything it was just you know it was just a box on your on your desk but it turns out that a company created an operating system that had icons email it had a, had its own network to email uh, you know groups of people at the same time they you could do all kinds of things we're using icons instead of using uh, code yeah just to visually make it visually it was a visual representation of code yeah Turns out, and this was done in the mid-70s. This is like 74 they were doing this. Turns out it was Xerox. Xerox created the first operating system that used that used represent that, that, as um, 
pictures as, as opposed to code. I, they even showed in this video, they actually showed an old 1974, 75 commercial from Xerox demonstrating this thing. I, w I think I'm going to Google that as soon as we're done here. The name of the the name of the uh, the, uh, the channel on on um, on YouTube is called Cold Fusion. Okay. And you Google that and you type in you know Xerox uh, Xerox and Windows or something like that. It'll 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 pop up. It turns out that what happened? Now here's what happened. About mid midway, so this is when Apple was starting to get up and running. Okay, and Apple was doing his thing. Somehow it got it got invited over to Xerox because Xerox wanted to have them help them sell their machines. Because at the time, Xerox was only using this; it was only being utilized in businesses and, and universities. Yeah, it wasn't you know, it, but it wasn't like a home exactly. Apple, Steve Jobs comes in. He, he sees this thing, and he knew what he was looking at. He said, this is going to be the, well, he's thought to himself, this is the future of computing. This is what it's going to be. And the thing is, you had a bunch of people who were copy people, had no clue what they just created. And, you know, so he kind of played it cool, you know. Not bad. I'll tell you what, here's what I'll do for you. And he puts together this deal and in essence steals it from Xerox. And comes out with that's when guys that come up with the first come up with the first uh, uh, <laughs> Apple II yeah. utilizing icons right under the nose of, of, of Xerox. Xerox was the founder founder of the modern operating system, and they didn't have a clue on what they had a hold of. And then somebody like Steve Jobs came in, and then have been, of course. Bill Gates came in today. <laughs> and then, you know, and then they were off to the races, you know. But but the thing is, is that I feel that that's what the situation that we're in as far as what we're just talking about. People have created all these different good ideas. And, and I feel like the guy, okay, this sounds so arrogant. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm the Steve Jobs. I can walk in. And... <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Are you kidding me? Are you? No, no, play cool, play cool. No, that's not bad. Let me see what we got here. I think we just do this, and then, and then you, and then you take off, and then I walk out the door and run to my car. <laughs> but so the idea, though, is like I said, these things. Bill, I mean, uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates didn't even have to invent. Windows. It was already invented. They just were better at marketing it than, than Xerox. You just gotta let that hundred dollar bill dry. You just gotta put the car in the dryer off a little bit. It's just, it's just, but that, I find it so funny. So that mess, so that's where we are. Now we're in the process of and by the way, I also, you know, that credit union in the Hill District, that's kind of a limited situation. So that, that credit union can go into that dining there. But I, they can't go anywhere else outside of their area because of it. That's in the community. In that particular one, yes. But there are community, there are credit unions. I actually belong to a credit union, uh, um, Clearview. And uh, now Clearview, I joined that when I was working at U.S. Airways because that's what it was... Before, excuse me. Before it changed into Clearview, it was U.S. Airways Federal Credit Union. Oh, okay. So as you know, as an employee, I joined, and but they changed their name to Clearview. Now there's like branches everywhere. 
I actually went to two weeks ago. I went to I went to the Clearview, and I asked him. I'm like, um, can you guys put branches in grocery stores? Let's say. <laughs> and they said, yeah, we can do something like that. They have to be in a certain area, whatever. We have to stay within. He said, we have to stay within like. Um, 15 counties. Well, oh, well, well, 15 counties. All right, I guess we have to work around that, you know. <laughs> you know, I said, okay, but we can, that's something that we can be doing? He goes, yeah. So, to be able to put um, these credits in, like, like they do in Philadelphia, in the Giant Eagles, uh, and, and, and do all this stuff, they said, so when I meet with these folks, and by the way, I'm in the process of meeting these guys at the end of the month, in, in this month. They're say, I'm saying to them, yeah, and uh, this already exists, and I already talked to Clearview. They said this, that, this is cool. I already talked to, you know, whoever. They said we can they work with us. You know, it's like, by the time I'm sitting down with them, this is all laid out. Yeah. So. I think you have plenty of information to be gathered from all these other answers. I tell you what, right now, my biggest, I guess, fear is that this thing becomes so unwieldy. I need help. I need to find some folks that know how to do stuff. <laughs> you know? I know, you know, like I said, it's, it's weird because I, I guess... I guess I guess I'm an I'm an idea man, <laughs> you know. You know, I'll put the idea out there, and I hand it off to the design team <laughs> or whoever it is to make this thing work. But you know, it's good. You think big, you know. I like that. You're very proactive, and you have the two things together, and then you know, it's just, you do it. it and it made, because it came out of necessity. To, to, yeah. to be honest with you, it was a matter because what was happening is not working the way it should. Yeah. We get all this. When you get the one percent or top one percent owning the same wealth as the bottom fifty percent of the country of the world, you know, there's something wrong with that model. And so we need to figure out a way to generate this money and get it distributed in a different way, um, without you know, without crashing the world economy in the process. Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's such a large scale issue to deal with. It's 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 but it's doable. But starting in the community, I think, is great, and it has and to start. It's doable. It's you know, it makes sense. And I, I found out that um, even when you talk about like uh, change in, in, in um, like laws at the at the federal level, that all starts at the state level and local levels first. Yeah, if laws get changed. I mean, that's how marriage equality happened. Started the first one happened with San Francisco back in the late nineties or whatever it was, early two thousands. Where they gave, where they did the first same-sex marriage. The mayor, in fact, he's the governor now of, of California. At the time, he was the mayor of San Francisco. Performed the first uh, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. He was the first. He was. I did a, not know that about. He, him. he was the. He was the mayor of San Francisco at the time. He did the first same-sex marriage uh, ceremony, wedding ceremony in San Francisco, and. That started, then that started the whole process where it started to become legal in individual states to the point where it got, they finally got challenged at the Supreme Court. And because it was it was already legal in so many states, yeah. the Supreme Court said, well, this is where we're going, this is the direction we're going. It's the way the wind's blowing. This is the way, this is the way we get it done. So that's how I see this happening. It starts at the community level. And then it grows from that. And then there's a bunch of them out there, but they're not really talking to each other. So it boils down to. Well, that's, I, that's a big thing of 
all of these episodes. It's like communication is such a huge deal. Nice. But yeah, that's I forget what we were talking about, but yes, we're <laughs> This is a good route, and uh, and I think that's a very positive place to end. Yeah. Uh, we get into some fun questions. Though. Sure. I, I, granted, these, I just came up with these last night because I didn't want to give you the same ones that I've, I've given you before. So right, gotcha. Just a handful of quick ones. Sure. Uh, how do you tie your shoes? Oh, I tie my shoes. Typically, I I, I put on left and right. And okay, I, so, see, I knew this was going to cause trouble. Then I, well, then I, all right, Tradi- oh. traditional or bunny ears? Bunny ears. All right. No, no, I'm sorry, traditional. I'm sorry. You don't make the bunny ears. When you first learn, okay, no. I never <laughs> I just, I've, been flo- I've been floating in a, around a lot. I'm sorry. Let me back that up. I do traditional. I do not do bunny ears. Traditional. Okay. Um, uh, what movie made you cry? You ever had a movie make you cry? Oh, yeah. More than one. Just throw the first one that comes to your mind. The first one, the first one that made me cry. Uh, and then it got, it got ruined by a little kid. He was, he was actually funny. But um, when I went to see Star Trek, the Wrath, Star Trek Two, the Wrath of Khan. The moment Spock died. Well, not not then actually. I didn't cry when he died. What made me cry was when um, Captain Kirk was giving his eulogy. Oh, yeah. And his voice cracks at the very end. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that, that's what made me, that was the first movie that made me, that made me I even think about it right now. Oh. That's, a, oh, that's, that's a great answer. Yeah, so that, that one, I guess. The that's, that's, that question's sticking around. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you do for fun? Like, Ooh. like good hobby. What, what, what do you do when you just want to have a good time? Have a good time. A couple things. I listen to music. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll get on the um, you know sometimes I put my headset headphones on and just listen to you know music that I don't hear anymore. Right? Back in the day when I was in college, I made mixtapes, yeah. and every once in a while I'll hear a song, and then oh man, I remember when I made a mixtape. This was the next song, and I'll play it, and I yeah, got yeah. it. So I'll I'll do that. That's one way I I, I have fun. Another way I have fun is sometimes I'll just get in my car and go somewhere and eat somewhere that I've never been before in, yeah. in the Pittsburgh area. I like that. You know, I've been trying to do that as much as possible. You know, just like uh, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you should like. I never knew this was here. I just you know things like that. There's a lot of little tucked away places areas. <laughs> and, and, and areas that you've never been to. You know, one of the places I'm, I'm discovering that I, for whatever reason I've never been that way that much down that direction that much. Is going 79 South in this like Strabane area. Um, I'm like, oh man! Yeah, I don't know my way around. Me either. But I'm going to. Yeah, figure it out. But yeah, so I I like that. I think that's a great answer. Um, I might have asked you this one before, but I'm going to ask it again. Secret secret talent. Something you're good at that people wouldn't expect. Oh, okay. Because we know you can sing and dance and all that. That's true. Who doesn't know that? You're very talented. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's just everybody knows that. The secret talent. Um, I, I don't know if it's considered a talent, but it's pretty rare. I found. Okay, let's go with that. Um, I have double jointed thumbs. <laughs> Is that what? I can do this. 
Yeah. You, you can too. People can't do that. I didn't know people couldn't do that. No. People, I just people, learned something about myself. <laughs> people, that's, 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 that's a genetic trait. Oh. If most people's thumbs can't go past this. Oh, okay. But if you can do that, that's considered rare. You are... We have the same talent, apparently. Apparently, I didn't even write that down. <laughs> well, um, that was wait. Okay, that's tonight. Let me see if I can find it. We have something else. A talent, an actual talent. Um. Okay. I'm fairly good at math. Math. That's a talent. I'm math. I'm terrible. Well, I can I can do money math, but anything past that, if you start throwing a letter in there, I'm I'm out. <laughs> math, and, and then I guess another talent would be uh, to conceptualize. I can I can conceptualize big things without much trouble. I can I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. And then and that's and that's because I think a lot of it's because my interest of uh, astronomy. When you think in in, in terms of the universe, mm-hmm. you have to think bigger than. You know, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I forget if we went into all that in the episode that I aired, or we're saving that for this one. But that's it's coming out <laughs> either way. We, we we went into space pretty hard last time. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you do to relax? Oh, just had a rough day. You just want to I, I, chill out. I I come home and usually at, at, at night with me. I either I'll watch. So if I come across like one of my favorite movies, I'll watch, you know, like one of the Marvel movies, or I go onto YouTube and see what I can learn. Yeah, love that. I, I find that the, the YouTube thing. I've learned so much. I guarantee you, I probably have enough knowledge over YouTube back in here. I probably have two degrees worth of knowledge of stuff. It's so crazy how that works too. Like I, I watched a guy detail an SUV for twenty six minutes last night, just detail, and I was like, I don't know how to do that. You know like what? I kind of want to know how to do that. I didn't type it in or anything; it just popped it just up. Pop- I, I actually know for whatever reason. I don't know. Oh, I know how because. Uh, one of the things I li- listen to is relaxing is um, like um, I watch PBS and I actually put it to go to sleep at night and return to PBS uh, a channel called Create actually and they have that painting or sewing and stuff like that this one thing um like the Japanese print uh, uh, printmaking you know they make those like pictures that you can and they showed the process of how this is done. It was a video by the Smithsonian. They bring this guy in. It was a 17-minute video. I sat there and watched the whole thing about how you have to, you know, 14 blocks, 15 colors. Guys explaining the whole deal. How he, and he shows you how he does it. And then, sure, okay, this is great. I came, it's pretty relaxing. Dude. I came across another video of some... Some old white dude <laughs> living in Japan for like 30 years who's got really good at doing that very same thing. There's a video of him, a three-hour a three-hour video of him carving a block out of wood, creating the print and everything else. And the thing is, as he's doing it, he goes, oh, I'm, I'm really thinking, he has to water the block now. Oh, and he waters the block. Oh, now he's thinking, I know the steps now. Yeah. <laughs> Until it like, just sunk in. <laughs> it just sunk in. But it, but yeah, it's learning 
stuff you don't realize you learn because of how you're learning it. Yeah, is you don't even, yeah, your algorithm's just throwing all kinds of weird stuff at you. That's so funny about that. Yeah, I could, if I had to make a block of those Chinese prints, I could probably do it right now. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's so works. funny. All right. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, That's terrifying, actually. What do you generally want out of your day? One out of my day. I want to get something accomplished in a direction, in the direction I'm trying to move. Yeah. Whether it be, now it didn't always work out that way. I mean, some days I just, there are some days I don't feel like doing a thing. But if I can get myself to do something, <laughs> learn something that I didn't know, or get a contact that I want to contact and get that phone number or email, you know, I want to actually every day get something done in the a, in a direction I'm trying to move into. Um, that doesn't, uh, some days I get a lot more done than others, but every day I try to do something and, and I can't imagine unless I may be really sick I don't care about don't get me wrong if I'm sick or whatever I, I don't have a problem taking a day off no 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 it's not like that it's just like yeah. generally wake up you just okay so yeah because I bounce with you when I when I wake up you know I wake up thinking about the, all this my day it goes I think about all this when I go to bed this is what I'm thinking about so it kind of it kind of moves you along whether you like it or not in fact many times yeah that's good all right, last one here. Okay. Um, what's the last movie you saw in a theater? Oh. Oh, I just saw it. Uh, that would be um, in a theater. That would be... I'm sure I remember that, that was the last one. I'm pretty sure... It was Avengers Endgame. Oh, there you go. It was Avengers. That's a movie theater movie. Yeah, all big time. See that in a theater. Avengers Endgame. I think. No, wait, no. I'm sorry. That's not true. It wasn't Avengers Endgame. I saw that in the summer. This past November, I saw the movie Ad Astra. And what did you think of Ad Astra? I found it interesting. I mean, it was a. I don't know how much of a. I don't know. I don't know how successful the movie was. I know when I went, it was a matinee, and I went there, and I was the only one in the theater. <laughs> did you see it? I did. I have I, some strong feelings about it. <laughs> I, I, I found it to be an interesting take on the search for life in the universe. I mean, I guess that what they were doing is possible, but I don't know if you know if you picked up on this. But according to the theme, of the, 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 the theme of the movie, they didn't find anything. I, I watched a ton of explanation videos and stuff after it, and <laughs> nothing satisfied me. I mean, it was visually gorgeous, yeah, gorgeous, well done movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I thought that could have been called Daddy Issues in Space. Like it was nothing. It was nothing there for me. <laughs> Daddy Issues in Space. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of long looks out of windows and like, all right, I get it. Well, yeah. I wanted some hard sci-fi. I wanted some good. I mean, he had some. It was a little bit of it. But it I mean, was enough to keep me in my seat. Well, I, I did watch a, a couple explainer videos as well. And the one, it was um, the one talking about um, how they, that big antenna that, that he fell off of at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You know, that was. That was a, an intense scene. Yeah. It was really well done. Yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah. And then 
you said that the dad goes out 20 years prior to to Neptune to set up a, a, an antenna to look for life out there. I'm not following why you need to go to Neptune for that one, but you yeah, know. there was holes in the story too. It just yeah, yeah, but you know, but I like it, but like you said, it was a. It visually, it was a. It was that's what got me there in yeah, the first place. Visually, very compelling. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the moon base. That was that was cool. All that stuff. Yeah, the Mars. I, I like the little touches in that uh, little space airport that they had. It, it, they really made it seem like that's what it would be. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Uh, I, you know, I just and this, by the way, just real quick. One of the things. Yeah, that, good because this is a weird place to end. Add Astro, guys. Add Astro. <laughs> But um, but one of the things that I mean the the, um, the uh, my interest in the universe and, and and just last night I was watching uh, a video a couple of videos where they they do this video about size comparisons of everything how the size of things relative to other things they start with like um, in this case it started with like one of the larger asteroids and then they go to the size of the moon the earth and the planets and so on and so forth. And then they go into the largest planets ever discovered and then the largest stars ever so on and so forth. And they back it all the way out to the size of the universe. But here's the thing. It turns out that apparently, at least theoretically, that the multiverse exists. So we are one universe in a countless number of universes. Universal, I don't know what the word is, but you know, <laughs> but the thing, and this universe has this specific uh, physical properties, laws of, of nature. Yeah. The next one over may have a completely different set of physics that don't have nothing to do with the ones where, and, and, and I tell you, I, and I did mean to say something about this one the last time we sat down. <laughs> well, this is good, we'll wrap it around. <laughs> when, man, when I, when it's my, when my time's up here and my my soul gets to you know go wherever it wants to. Now I mean I think well I'm gonna find out everything about this universe. I'm going to these other ones. Yeah, check this other stuff. Check this out because I, I saw a physical representation of what that may, what that might look like, and they were bubbles like bubbles. Yeah. In a in a in a coke or something. Yeah. And each bubble was a universe. I'm thinking I can do this until the end of everything. And the, the the idea and the idea of that, just that's my idea of heaven. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about that last. That is my idea of heaven. To be able to, what? There's not only this universe. There are billions of other ones out there. Oh my God! I, I tell you what, that would be. And then to learn all about the physics and the all that kind of stuff in the other universe and the, how. It, it, I, I don't know. I, I'm not afraid to go. I tell you what, it's not, not to go, I'm not trying to hasten it. I'm not trying to hasten my exit here. I'm just saying that when it's my time, boy, I tell you what, I'm packing my celestial bags and I'm going for it. I think that's an even better place to end. It's just that, that the theme of this whole thing is just think big, think big. Yeah. It's just a way to be. Thank, thank you so much for No, thank you again, again for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>